Hello, Restoration Church. Nathan and Joey sitting here, uh, starting a new little series on. Nathan, what are we going to talk about over the next couple of weeks? Aliens. (laughs) (laughs) Do aliens exist? And if so, did Christ atone for their sin? Oh, goodness, brother. Uh, No. Everybody just turned off. No, we're talking about dating. We're going to talk about dating, how that relates to marriage. What else? I think that's yeah. So what we'll, should we'll, you do? What should you right. do? Who should you date? Who how, should you not date? How should you date? How should you date? Those types of things. Yes. Yeah. So, uh, so I was literally asked a question about aliens, like very similar to that, just a couple of days ago. That's why I'm thinking. Really? Yeah, I really was. Did you? No, an- nobody in our church. Did just, you? Did you answer it? <laughs> I don't think I did. I think you know what I did is I took them to First Timothy one. And told them, I showed them the passage where Paul says to not deal with teachers that talk about speculative things. Ah, yeah, promote speculation. Anyway, yeah. all right, that was for free, restaurant. There you go, sure. that was totally free. Yeah, we're not talking about aliens, we're talking about dating and marriage. A, a topic that's very important and, um, it was important in general, but I think it's especially important to the life of this church. That's right. So we find ourselves in Northwest Washington, D.C., yep. uh, a roughly younger congregation. Mm-hmm. 35% of our members are, no, I mean, yeah, 80%, 80% of our members are 35 or below. Mm-hmm. So generationally, we're just younger. By the way, we're praying for the Lord to bring more generational Amen. diversity. Pray. So pray along with us. Uh, but just the fact is, uh, you com- combine that with, and here's a little quiz. I didn't give you these numbers before, but guess what the average age of marriage was for a woman in 1960? Like, so she, the average woman got married oh, at X. Guess what it was? My mom was married sometime around. No, she was after that. So I'd say 23. All right. It's 20. Ooh. Average woman was 20. Average man was 22 when they got married. This is 1960. Mm. So Interesting. 58 years ago. Now today, oh, guess gosh. what the average is for a woman? 27. Bingo! Yeah, I remember it because my uh, wife was 27. That's the only reason I remember uh-huh. it. When she got married, she was 27. So roughly living 33% longer Interesting. as an unmarried person. So yeah. you take those two facts. We are a generation younger congregation. The average age for marriage keeps getting pushed back, pushed back. And so just inside the life of our church and in the culture around us, dating is becoming a, or is, is a, it's a thing that we have to worry about. And just to add here, I think it's not just dating and marriage. I think what we're finding is sociologists are reporting that all the major life sort of things are happening later and later. So people moving out of their homes for the first time, getting their own place to live for the first time, getting their first job. Uh, all these things ha- are happening later, which is a total other conversation. Sure. But it's part of this extended adolescence that people are saying that is not a good thing. Right. Yeah. Not so, uh, so we, so we have that reality that is, you know, necessarily not right or wrong inherently, but there is the reality we have to address. Yeah. That's right. Sorry. My wife's going to get me on this. My wife was 25 when she got married. I was 27. Uh, Sorry. Sorry. Come back to it. That just hit me. Sorry. Forgive me. <laughs> anyway, go back. So we need to talk about this. Yeah. yeah. So, but we also have to, can you open up in the Bible, Nathan, and go to passages that speak directly and explicitly about dating? Negative Ghost Rider <laughs> does not exist. Yeah. So, I mean, there's some obviously some principal stuff, but there's nothing explicitly no. for the purpose of dating. Whereas we do have God speaking directly to other God defined, God ordained relationships. Mm-hmm. So, I think the the three God defined, God uh, ordained relationships in Scripture are neighbor, mm-hmm. right? So we have that category. Yep. We have 
biological family, and then we have our spouse. Mm-hmm. So those would be the three God-ordained, God-refined relationships, as it were. So we have to, when we're in dating, mm-hmm. we have to recognize there's not a direct, explicit word yeah. we're drawing from principles. Yeah, you get like Mary and Joseph in their betrothal period, but all that's kind of descriptive stuff. Mm-hmm. There's no, yeah. 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 So we kind of have to put some things together here. That's right. And yeah. so even – I mean and most of the times in Old Testament even knew there wasn't these prolonged periods of yeah. undefined yeah. Pre- whatever it is. The way they did it in the Bible is not the way we're doing it today. Yeah, that's right. doesn't Any, mean they're necessarily wrong. It's just yeah. not the way it's, it's not the same. Yeah. So uh, r- courtship or dating, any difference? Courtship or dating. <laughs> oh, gosh. Yeah, that's a that's – a, I'm going to step away from that landmine. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I you know um, yeah. I I think those are two different words. I like the intentionality of the language of courtship and the idea of it. Love the idea of courtship, the the date and and how it's what it's trying to say against the idea of dating. Love that, but I don't know that I want to fight so hard for courting yeah. that you lose some of the ideas that might be found in dating. Yeah. So I'm mean, yeah. so we don't care what term whatever is used. yeah as long as you go with these ideas we're going to talk about yeah so we don't really care on whatever you call it as long as it's honoring to Christ yep. and those types of things so uh well one of the things what are we not talking about when we talk about dating Nathan are we talking about we're assuming something aren't we what? yeah which is what something the church is really bad at i think mm-hmm. uh, paul is super clear in 1 Corinthians 7 i mean he could not be any more clear than this 1 Corinthians 7 8 to the unmarried and the widows, I say that it is good for them to remain single as I am. And then it goes on. But the point there is, is Paul saying you've got more opportunity to make disciples, more freedom, as it were, to make disciples, because you're not bound by this particular covenant of marriage and family. Uh, so you have the opportunity, as Paul did, to serve many peoples because you're not bound by that covenant of marriage and family. Mm-hmm. So I think we need to say that in this podcast right at the front end and at the back end in the middle yeah like it's we should not look down on single people if anything i think the bible would say we need to lift them up i mean paul's saying i i want some of you to remain like i am yes like because there's great advantage for the advancement of the gospel Mm -hmm. for making disciples that come with being unmarried yeah it's a beautiful gift to the church that's right that's right yeah yeah so it's yeah so it's not second undivided devotion he talks about it later in verse 35 you know that when you're single, you're be you're able to be undividedly devoted. Yeah, and yeah. so maybe just a, a word out there: if you have a friend who is unmarried, maybe the first question isn't, you know, why aren't you dating someone or why aren't you married? Maybe a question would be, do you desire that or do you do you enjoy the advantages of being unmarried? Yeah, not just yeah. assuming that somehow dating and pursuing marriage is more godly because it's not. Yeah, it's but, not. But that's different, right? Than just. I want to enjoy my freedom as a single person, and I want to no. travel and spend my money the way. That's not what Paul's talking about. No, no. There's yeah. a he, he's talking about a not a passivity of that's focused on self. That's right. He's talking about an activity that's focused on advancing the gospel. That's right. So there might be some of you that are too passive, and yeah. you you you're not putting any thought into this simply because you love the freedom and yeah. what you can get for yourself. Yeah. You're just bumping along in life. That's you right. know, you have no real intention. You've sat in enough community groups and you've listened to brothers or sisters talk about struggles in marriage. You're like, I don't want to do that. I'll just kind of hang out and do my own thing. That's not good neighbor love. That's right. That's or right. love for God. So uh, some of you should uh, listen to this 
and remain unmarried and pursue Christ and make disciples, and we celebrate God. There's nothing inherently more mature or more godly about pursuing marriage. And that's what was we'll get on. That's what dating's all about. But yeah. uh there's yeah. So here again, nothing second class about that. And so we we rejoice in the gifts of all of God's people, those married and unmarried inside the life of our church. Amen. Uh, like a body we can come together. But uh so many times, Nathan, to switch gears a little bit, many times when we think about dating, their primary goal, their primary motivation, their primary thing they want to find out is this person compatible with me. Yeah, such a fact. <laughs> such a so. So I'm I'm throwing the softball over yeah, to, to you, me, brother. Yeah. So here's one of my uh, little here's my little speeches, my so, little things. Yeah. Compatibility. Yeah. So Bible tells us very clearly: do not conform to the patterns of the world. That is the kind of the way the world goes about doing things. And I think that Christians, myself included, we did a whole little sermon series on this: do not conform. I think we conform in ways that we don't realize as Christians. Uh, we do kind of the big things uh, in a way that's that's not conforming, but we do all kinds of other things we don't notice. And one of the ways I think evangelical culture uh, conforms to the pattern of the world is in their dating practices. Namely, I think the world, the way that it dates, is it is primarily looking for compatibility in another in a, in a spouse. Compatibility. What do you mean by that, compatibility? Can do we work together? Do we get along? Yeah. Do we have fun together? Do That's we? Right. You know, is this going to work? You do know? you complete me? There you go. The whole yeah. Stuff. Do you complete me? Am I happy with you? Do I have fun with you? You know these kinds of things. So we're just seeing if we are compatible. That's the main assessment in the relationship. And you notice know. what he just said there. It's not these things are inherently unimportant. You should right. pay no attention. But it's not the main mm-hmm. or the primary or driving factor. Yeah, it's because the reality is, and this is the point that I want to make most clear. Here's the point: no two people are compatible. Why? On planet Earth, I Nathan Knight is not compatible with Andrea Knight. We're not. We're not compatible in and of ourselves. And so, if that's in the re- well, let me put it. So the reason why is because we're two sinners. And you know? two sinners in a broken world. In a broken world. And now go live happily yeah, together. It's impossible for us to be compatible. And so if that's the main measuring device, then that's a, that's, it's, it's never going to work because you're never going to be compatible in and of yourself. And yet that's the main idea, I think, that the world is trying to teach couples when they're, de- when they're dating, they're saying, can they be compatible? Do we fight? Well, we fight too much. So we, we're not compatible. So we break up. Uh, we cool. were the opposite. Like, oh, we get along really good, and I really like you, so let's get married. So we are compatible. And then they get married, and guess what happened? Life changes, they change, and no longer they're no longer compatible. compatible. So, well, yeah. Yeah. we'll so drop compatibility out. is not the main assessor in a dating relationship. It's not. Yeah. When we do that, we're conforming to the patterns of the world. And guys and gals, this is why we have. So I think one of the there's a few reasons why there's so many people waiting to be. Uh, to get married, you find so many people that will ha- go through tons of dating relations. Some don't go through many at all, but there will be a number of people that we we have so many options now that we mm. did not used to have. Barry Schwartz, you know, Barry know. Schwartz, the paradox of choice, right? Now we have so many options. Now the dating pool has gotten so big, it's now made it more difficult because we think, well, gosh, there's so many out there between you know eHarmony.com or whatever, which is fine to do. Uh, between church or between the next city I may go mm-hmm. to, as opposed to those that didn't have those websites and didn't move around as much. Now we have so many more options. And so we put so much emphasis on compatibility. The moment things go wrong, we jump ship. Um, and so the emphasis, so here's here comes the good side of the teaching. Our emphasis in dating is we are trying to assess 
godliness, mm-hmm. obedience to Jesus, submission to Christ. That's right. Um, does attraction get involved in there? We're going to talk about Absolutely. that next episode. Yeah. But yes is the short answer to that. But, uh, you know, are we at some level thinking about a compatibility? Sure. Right. But that's there, not the main assessment. That's right. There might be red flags where he's like, that's not going to work. And that's okay. Yeah. Uh, so we're not saying throw those things caution the wind, but it can't, it's, it's not helpful if it's the primary or driving or yeah. motivation or I'm not compatible. Our Christians date different because our confidence is placed in different things. That's right. That's right. You know, so this is why, you know, people can be, you know, I, I think of one couple in our, uh, church, their, parents were married for 35 or whatever years, I think 35 plus years, mm-hmm. and they knew each other for a total of two weeks before, before they, they got, got married. married. Yeah. Before they got, not before they got engaged, before they got married. Yeah. And they had a beautiful marriage because their confidence was not in whether or not they would get it right, but they were confident that each other was submitted to Christ and would live that out. That's right. That's right. So uh, there it is. So, so let's, as we move for those that, that maybe want to enter the realm of dating, I think we need to ask and answer the question of if. You know, if I date, we already answered a little bit by saying it's a good thing Mm -hmm. if you don't desire marriage, perhaps. And so you shouldn't date. Like, you know, and so that's that's a good thing. That's not secondary. That's a beautiful gift from God. And so Mm -hmm. uh, but what are you know, if we think about dating, what would be some some considerations one might consider into the if of dating? So one of the things that come to mind for me is you you don't date if you don't desire marriage. And you just kind of want to have, you know, personal satisfaction or something like uh, that. Yeah, right? that's right. Yeah. And yeah. why is that? Why is that important to consider, Nathan? Like, you know, because I know that the movies say this, but it's not true. You don't live happily ever after in marriage. Uh, we say this a lot around the life of Restoration Church. If you don't hear us saying it, you're not listening closely enough. But getting married is not going to complete you. It's not going to bring you to some realm of joy that you can't get if you're single. Um, you go talk to married people. They're going to tell you. It's a line we use a lot in premarital counseling. Marriage does not make you happy. Marriage is designed to make you more holy. Mm. Uh, now, again, you can be holier or just as holy single. Uh, but the point is, is that the design of marriage is not this extra level, this sort of 201 class of joy. Uh, we find that because of the, the confines of marriage and the covenant and the demands of that covenant in marriage and family, it creates more responsibility, which is more stress, which is more difficult because you're living right on top of somebody else, which makes it harder. Now, I do think it is joyful in marriage. I love being married to my wife, yeah. but, uh, yeah, you're, if you, you should not do this, that is get dating to get married in order to think you're going to have some level of higher joy that's right yeah that's so there's there's an unhealthy expectation that you can place on marriage yeah. and i also think there's there there could be a a so you're not missing out on anything if you're single by the way that's right yeah, yeah. Uh, and there's also a joy you know i don't really want to get married i don't want to i don't want to commit that far but yeah. i still want to have a personal companion with another yeah. person of the opposite sex yeah yeah and so that too if there's not a intentionality, a distinct purpose in mind of, I desire to be married, and as far as I can tell right now, mm-hmm. this person seems like they could be an appropriate spouse. Mm-hmm. Uh, if, if you're not there, you're probably not ready to entertain the if of dating. Should I be dating? Yeah. As Naden said, mm-hmm. as I say often, dating is not a recreation for your happiness. It's a responsibility for your and the other person's holiness. Yeah, yeah. You are entering into a kind of discipling relationship where there are demands and responsibilities that are weighty. That's right. That's yeah. right. So you're not just you're not just hanging out. That's right. And so I think we should only entertain the idea, the if of dating, if we can, if we desire 
marriage and we can legitimately and responsibly entertain the idea of marriage. And we know what marriage is. It's not going to fulfill me. Yeah. It's a way, another way I can honor God and use the gifts he's given me to make disciples. Yeah. And to be clear on that, when you say, you know, know what marriage is, we're not understanding that every single person that goes in here knows marriage, you know, at the same level as you and I do since we took a class in seminary on this. But even that's why we do premarital counseling because there's a lot to learn. Yeah. But there are some basic ideas that every Christian couple should understand and be willing to say, yeah, this is what I'm heading for. That's right. Because when you get yeah. married, you're signing up for some specific things. Some yeah. f- you're voluntarily submitting yourselves to God's idea of marriage and yeah. so forth. So, yeah. um, so well, we assume that many people listening to this I do desire to date, mm-hmm. and so hopefully over the or next, court or court. Yeah, if that's <laughs> if that's your conviction, you want to use the word court, whatever. Yeah. I don't, I don't care. Or some what, other word, uh, you know, intentional friendship. I've heard it all, yeah. <laughs> yeah. that's another one I've heard. Hanging out is not good, though. I don't like the way that sounds. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So whether you're dating, courting, cultivating intentional friendships with marriage in view, stewarding God with your romantic feelings, I don't, whatever else you want to call it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. We will talk about, next time we'll talk about who. Like, how do I go start to decide? Who should I yeah, pursue? Who should I pursue, yeah. Uh, or who should I invite into my life? Yeah. And then maybe we'll do a couple on some practicalities, like how do we do that? So yeah. any other, any final words on this last kind of time? Or No, I think more, most importantly, I think if you, all we've just said here to, today is just you need to be, uh, you need to understand what you're doing. You need to understand what you're heading towards, and you need to be intentional and Christian about it. Mm-hmm. Um, that's yeah. so important. Yeah, that's yeah. Don't Just study those things. Yeah. Think about them. Pray about them. There you go. All right. Well, next time we'll come back and we will talk about the who uh, aspect of that. Until next time, Restoration Church. We love you. We're thankful for you, and may God continue to show His favor to us. And don't ask me about aliens. Mm-hmm.